You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Pemba. What is going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender bringing you the first 2020 Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast. Uh, Howard, I didn't think we were going to get here, obviously, with everything going on with COVID. Uh, we were worried, but we did finally get to week one. Uh, recording here on Thursday night, following that Thursday night game. Uh, Howard, how's things going with you? Uh, how happy are you that football is finally here? Um, I, I think I'm more relieved and yet slightly confused that football is going on right now. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel real. It you know I mean the the game tonight really just it obviously cinched it up for me, but um, it was just very bizarre. You know I'm still looking at my fantasy baseball teams. Uh, NBA playoffs are still going on, so um, it's it's a little surreal. But man, I gotta tell you, um, I have been eating, sleeping, drinking football. Uh, for the most part, uh, just simply because that was the only sport everybody was like looking forward to starting on time. So, you know, even with baseball going on right now, I've still kind of been so immersed in football that, I mean, I'm geared up to play some DF DFS this year. Like that's really where it's all about. It's all about, um, you know, we're going to see which players are in, which players are out. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, obviously expect that there's going to be a whole mess of COVID action and crazy nonsense, but still think I've got like a nice, uh, my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the NFL. And, uh, and I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah. The moment that your playbook drops on Saturday, uh, and we get to go ahead and fool around with that new lineup generator that we have using the playbook only feature. I mean, that is, uh, that's going to be glorious. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Sundays, you know, the dartboard drops, the playbook only feature on the, on the lineup generator also includes dartboard players as well. Um, so, I mean, we're going to be making a whole mess of lineups, uh, getting ready for NFL Sunday. It's going to be a, it's going to be an absolute blast. And like you said, uh, we've been prepping for this season now for months earlier than we have in the past. I think I've been doing best ball drafts since March for football. It seems like, <laughs> um, you know, but I'm ready to go. And uh, we we had it, and we kicked it off with this Kansas City Houston game, Howard. Uh, you know what? What are your initial thoughts here? Obviously, we had some you know fantasy plays that we were all sort of eager to see what happens. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, how he would do uh, taking over as a lead back there after Damian Williams opted out. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. On the flip side, you know Deshaun Watson is David Johnson going to be able to bounce back after you know an injury riddled season? Uh, with Arizona last year, Will Fuller is his hamstring is going to be able to stay intact now that he's the number one guy there. Um, a lot of questions that we had. How do you think they were answered after game one? Well, the beautiful thing is that, you know, everybody stayed healthy in this one. Uh, you know, well, I mean, Brandon Cooks left real early in that one, but I wouldn't have used him in DFS anyway because of uh, the the limited nature. Like, that's the beauty of DFS is that I, it doesn't matter what, what you know, happens for for seasonal fantasy purposes. If you played the showdown slate, the big names produced. David Johnson got in the end zone. Will Fuller had a hundred, you know, a hundred and twelve yard game. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, a hundred yard game, one hundred and thirty eight to be specific, uh, and a touchdown. Uh, Mahomes three touchdown passes. Sammy Watkins got in the end zone. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill got in the end zone. So from a from strictly like a DFS standpoint, uh, what you wanted to happen. Well, I mean, except if you uh, didn't win the millionaire, 
but what you wanted to happen happened. And uh, and it's not that I'm saying that this was easily predictable, uh, but we just we got a nice leg up. Uh, the uh, the contrarian calls of uh, of Darrell Williams and uh, and Br- and Darren Fells and Demarcus Robinson they they didn't pan out. It was the uh, it was the bigger names, except for your uh, your Jordan Aikens call that you oh, yeah. made on the Fantasy Alarm Show on uh, on Thursday um, was was great. But I mean, again, overall, what you needed to happen or wanted to happen, it happened, and that's making us all smile exactly and I, it, it, it's it's true it, it, it's nice when it works out that way right like the obvious plays hit you know you don't have to overthink it you know we didn't lose tonight because you know uh Mikkel hardeman had six for 140 and two scores and you're like how was i supposed to know to play this guy unless i played 150 lineups so uh while yes the winning lineups did have jordan akins in it tonight it wasn't really that much of a stretch to consider him as you know the primary pass catching tight end option there of uh, of Houston anyway. So, uh, but that wraps up obviously the Thursday night game. However, we're looking at the Sunday main slate here. Um, obviously, you know as the, se- the seasons move on, you do your Monday Thursday contest, whatever. But this podcast for the season is going to focus on uh, the Sunday main. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the games here, and most notably, we like to look at Vegas first, identify the high scoring uh, point totals in this one. Uh, for week one, we have five games that are currently looking at 48 or more points on this main slate. Uh, we have Cleveland, Baltimore, Seattle, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Carolina, Arizona, the 49ers, and Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Uh, of that list, how does any of those games really jump out to you as a game that uh, could exceed their game total? Um, you know, I feel like Seattle, Atlanta has the, you know, has that capability Um to, to do that. I think, you know, once you've got Russell Wilson uh, and Matt Ryan going back and forth with each other, uh, even though Seattle does have a heavier run scheme uh, than, you know, than usual, um, you know, I still think that's got the capability of going over um, Arizona against San Francisco was interesting. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I think that one could, that, that, that one could pop. Um, but again, that that's probably more of like, I think everybody, all eyes are going to be on it. So, you know, I think everybody wants it to be like this big, crazy shootout. Um, so maybe not there, but definitely Seattle, Atlanta for me. Yeah, I think Seattle, Atlanta can certainly hit that number. Um, again, there's a lot of uh, high offensive side on the Atlanta side, you know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they added Hayden Hurst, they added Todd Gurley, what I think was an effort to improve their red zone offense. Um, you know, the number that I saw was at 49 um, on the DK Sportsbook. Uh, obviously, that can't adjust as we get closer uh, to the start of week one here uh, on Sunday, but something to pay attention to. So I agree with you. Um, I think those are the two games that probably jump out to me the most. Uh, the Arizona 49ers game, uh, that's uh, the Cardinals 49ers game. That's at 48, but, you know, we talked about it before we went on air about the air quality problem uh, that could potentially be a factor there in that 49ers game. So while it's 48, uh, you know, with the wildfires that are going on there in California, that's not cleared up. Uh, it could be a little bit difficult to breathe, and, and that total could certainly go under. That could definitely go under because of that. We're going to have to watch that pretty closely. Um, you know, again, I think that, you know, they'll, they'll have oxygen on the field. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I was walking around out here in the Bay Area uh, and, you know, walking one of the dogs and trying to get the heart rate up a little bit. Um, and, you know, again, it was you could feel the burn in the throat. 
uh could feel the uh feel it tightness in the chest when when that happens and it's uh yeah so that's just something to, to kind of keep an eye on uh at least for games out here in the bay area yeah so that's definitely a key factor uh, to paying attention to and we should always be paying attention to those type of factors anyways we preach checking out our weather center to make sure you look at winds any sort of precipitation obviously this is something that's more of a, a random circumstance with air quality uh but something that i guess you know definitely should be uh paid attention to in these times um howard let's get to the players here you write the watch list um that comes out on tuesdays it's for, sort of your first initial look and then you update this on thursdays as we lead into the weekend obviously your playbook is out on uh saturdays um so why don't we talk about the quarterback position here and who are some of the guys that you at least have um you know initially targeted well i tried not to sit with the uh with all all the chalky names for the uh for for this one you know i actually kind of uh you know was looking for 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 better bargains like uh, lamar jackson i think it's a no-brainer right there um, and to use him in cash games, I think is great. Cleveland secondary is banged up and hurt. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he need, he, he wants to pass more uh, and really kind of make this happen. So, you know, him and get in, in this one here, Lamar to me is like an easy cash game play. Uh, if you're spending up, I'm looking at, you know, Josh Allen against the, uh, against the jets. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting one. I think he's probably a little bit more of a GPP play. Uh, for me, because, you know, I still want to see what his passing is like and what his accuracy is all about. Um, and then, uh, you know, listen, big, well, like, we're main slating it here. So I yeah, can't we're main slating it. We're main slating it here. How about this one for like a, a rando, like cash game play uh, is Derek Carr against uh, Carolina. Now, uh, you and I on the Annie Up podcast, we were just talking about uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and how we we kind of are, are looking at them getting the points here. That doesn't take away from the fact that you know you could see Derek Carr uh, with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro. Like they could pro they they could do a little bit of damage. Now I don't think that there's like massive three hundred yard upside for Derek Carr, but like for a cash game, uh, if you want to pay down at the position, he's like fifty nine hundred on DraftKings. Uh, load yourself up with a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other players. Yeah, I actually liked Derek Carr. Um, you know, I took him again. This is DFS. So I took him in seasonal as a QB two for me because of the way he actually finished uh, last season. You know, he had seventy percent completion percentage. Uh, you know, the rest of his production numbers: twenty one touchdowns, eight interceptions. And then, if you want to look at DFS, last year he finished the season with three of the last four games over 20 fantasy points while being no more than 5,600. He's 5,900 in this one. Uh, the, you know, obviously the concern here is, you know, they want to supposedly run the ball a little bit more. They want to make sure that Jacobs is a feature part of this offense. And Jacobs is a little bit banged up at the end of last year. So maybe that lended to uh, the Raiders leaning more on the pass uh, and with their rookie receivers and rugs and Edwards, you know, uh, how in tune is that passing attack going to be? But this is a defense to take advantage of. They lost a lot of key players um, in their secondary and their defensive core uh, there at Carolina. So I like the car call a lot. I think uh, at the very least, you know, he's going to lean on Darren Waller, uh, who's one of my favorite plays at tight end, which we'll get to. So I like that. I also like the Josh Allen play there. I agree. GPP upside, but uh, you know, you're a Jets fan. You know how bad their defense is. They, you know, they lost Jamal Adams because uh, they traded him away. Uh, you know, Buffalo at home. We know they're going to run the ball, but Allen's also a very you know prevalent red zone runner himself. 
and I think Alan has said he wants to throw more, and they got Diggs for a reason. So uh, take advantage of that Jets secondary with Brown and Diggs, and if you add, add some of the running game there, I think they're both strong plays. Sure, 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 sure. Um, uh, I want to ask you one question here. Uh, what's your take on a guy like Gardner Minshew, who is you know a, a team where they're expected to you know not really be competitive in this one? They're eight point dogs at home. Uh, you know, there's a lot of down talk about the Jacksonville offense because, you know, no Fournette. But, you know, does Minshew appeal to you at all as sort of a guy that has to sling it because they're going to be from behind? Yeah, I mean, obviously for a GPP lineup to use Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it this week. Um, only because, you know, I, I need to see this, what this offense looks like on the field. I need to see, um, you know, I mean, it, it's different, you know, when, when teams are sitting there stacking the box against Leonard Fournette. Um, and, you know, and, and just forcing Minshew to throw, uh, you know, what's going to happen there? Well, now it's James Robinson. So now all of a sudden the defenses probably aren't going to look to stack the box and, and do it that way. So I think that they're going to play more to the pass, uh, which obviously then makes you wonder, you know, how it's going to be. So I want to just kind of sit back and, and watch this, uh, this Jaguars offense before I start you know, GPP in it up for uh, for garbage time touchdowns. Fair enough. Any other quarterbacks maybe sticking out to you, whether it be cash or GPP or even a dart throw? Um, well, I mean, I don't want to give the whole farm away here, what we got going on on the watch list. So uh, I'll say maybe there's a, a, a couple maybe of veterans. There couple, maybe there isn't. <laughs> maybe there's a couple of wily veterans slinging ro- the rock for a new team. Uh, that you might take an interest in, but now, you know, that's it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna force everybody to come to Fantasy Alarm and check out uh, the watch list. And you know, if you aren't a Fantasy Alarm subscriber right now, 20% off code Dominate. You get the FA package, NFL season package right now includes all the in season and DFS content. So uh, if you're listening to this because podcast is free and you don't have the playbook content, one, what are you waiting for? But two, right now you can get it for 20% off. So a great deal. Uh, there as well. Uh, Howard, running backs here. This is obviously the sort of a, a game-changing position over the last year or two because uh, Christian McCaffrey, basically, if you haven't had him in your lineup, uh, you've been behind the eight ball the majority of the time. Uh, how are we feeling about paying $10,000 on DraftKings with Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> um, I won't do it. I won't do it. Not for this week. Not for week one. Again, you know, in similar fashion, I want to see how this offense gels. Uh, and really what they do, like, what is Matt Rule going to do? Matt Rule and Joe Brady, listen, Joe Brady did an amazing job over at LSU. Amazing job at LSU. And Matt Rule is a great coach at the collegiate level. I want to see what happens. I've got confidence in the weapons, um, but if they fall behind, you know, are they going to sling the rock a lot more? Are we going to see Christian McCaffrey getting all the touches uh, that he's been getting over the last two years, and if we if we're not, well, then I want to know you know where the uh, where the work is going. Yeah, I I think it would be silly uh, for a new coach, offensive coordinator, to come in and just decide not to give the ball to their best player. Uh, you know, but we've seen coaches try to get fancy with things sometimes and like establish their game print and, and all these things. So while I think McCaffrey should get the ball. 20 plus times in the ground and be targeted five or six times in the passing game. I kind of agree with you, at least for week one, $10,000. I'm not going to do a full fade here. Um, you know, if I'm making the 20 max, he'll probably still make four of my lineups or so. 
um, because I need you just need that exposure if you're going to go that route. But single entry or, or one single lineup play to be contrarian that makes sense. Um, what top other you know price running backs are you taking a look at here? Then what's the what's the one guy I guess in this price point above you know 6,500 that you're looking at? Well, I mean, listen, I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs this week. I really do think that he runs rampant over uh, the Carolina Panthers. So I'm definitely digging on him uh, as a guy that, you know, you're going to want to use. And, uh, and you know, and you can probably use probably more of a, of a cash game play until we see how he gets more active into the passing game uh, or if he does get more active there. So um, I love Jacobs in this one here. Um, Dalvin Cook, again, you know, I, I, I think the, the Packers defensive line is definitely solid. Um, the linebackers, though, they lost. I mean, losing, uh, oh, who was it that they lost right in the middle? They lost somebody right in the middle there. They lost Clay Matthews, didn't they? They did lose Clay Matthews. No, Clay played for, uh, Clay, Clay was with, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with them last year, right? right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with the Rams last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nevertheless, I, Dalvin Cook in this scheme, that's a guy who's going to get handed the ball 20 to 25 times. Like, that's that we're going to see that. So, I'm in on him. Uh, I like, uh, I like James. Well, James White's cheaper than the, the price tag that you just gave there. Um, so if I'm staying in that top price range, uh, Joe Mixon against the Chargers again. Uh, you know, adding Linval Joseph definitely helps it. But their outside rushers, you know, I mean, you know Melvin Ingram the third and uh, and and Joey Bosa, like these guys. If Mixon can get to the outside and just get past them, the linebackers are slow. Uh, and and I you know and I think that he's going to be able to to kind of get into that next level of the secondary there. So uh, you know, Mixon's a guy who uh, who I definitely dig as well. Yeah, I think all those, I think those guys are, are are solid options here. Um, you know, I don't really have uh I you know, Dalvin obviously to me is probably where I would lean at the top spot, but uh you know, Jacobs is you know, the cover of our running back coach done by James uh by Justin Vreeland rather. Uh and then obviously you have him as the cover of the watch list. So, uh pretty obvious where Fantasy Alarm is leaning uh in this matchup against Carolina. Yes. Pretty, pretty obvious. Now, guys who are a little on the cheaper side, as I was just saying, uh, James White. I think uh, you know Cam Newton's been used to you know just dumping the ball off to his run to his uh, to his running back for years and years and years and years. And I think that you know with Sony Michelle banged up and no Damian Harris and uh, I, I don't even know what is, it, is Rex, Rex Burkhead? Burkhead is Burkhead going to get that work? So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, James White in this one. He's only six grand on uh, on on DraftKings. He's fifty three hundred on FanDuel. Um, I don't mind using him uh, very much at all. Um, but I'll tell you what. You know who I like uh, in in the cheapy range? Give me some Marlon Mack, dude. Give me some Marlon Mack. What we're hearing right now is that the same thing that we heard two months ago, but everybody refused to believe it. Frank Reich said this job is Marlon Max to lose. He will consider playing the hot hand, but he's he's been very very adamant about it that this is Marlon Max's job. And and everybody was like, "No, no, no. They wouldn't have spent all that draft capital uh for to move up and get Jonathan Taylor if they weren't going to run him." Well, guess what? It's Marlon Max's job right now. He's the lead guy. Uh, Taylor will spell him. If the Colts go up big, you'll see Taylor in the fourth quarter a little bit more. But I'm going to go with Marlon Mack as a great pickup here. 
Um, fifty three hundred on DraftKings, sixty one hundred uh, on FanDuel. I like I like him a lot this week. Yeah, I think Mac. So I was going to ask you too. You know, how are you viewing this uh, Colts backfield? You know, Taylor is even more expensive as you mentioned. Mac four hundred dollars cheaper. So uh, I like Mac too, and he's been more involved in the passing game from what I've read uh, coming out of the camp. He worked on improving that aspect. Uh, of his game well name Hines is obviously their you know pass catching back if it adds a little bit more versatility to max upside um you know against jacksonville here i i think that's certainly uh in play uh if we're looking at maybe some guys below five thousand, uh you know we we know the status of david montgomery supposedly he's good to go but you know if he's limited at all what's your take on Tariq cohen here DraftKings, of course being a full ppr league yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Cohen's a guy who will get some, he'll get some look, he'll get some love. Um, I, you know, I'm just, I'm so not a Tariq Cohen guy. I'm really not. So, you know, chances, uh, you know, I just don't see him. I don't see him being explosive enough to like really just, you know, is is he gonna have a hundred yard reception game and and a touchdown or two? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think he is. I, I'm not really that sure. Um, I've just, you know, you saw the the Bears pull back on him last year, uh, you know, a little bit. I mean, it's just, I get it. I get the way people like to use him. Um, I would probably go James White over Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I, I think James White obviously is a the, is the more, uh, I guess, polished runner of the group as well, if they're going to uh, add a little bit of value. I look more so... Uh, again, you know, Cohen very heavily in the passing attack there. Now, last year, the yardage uh, took a big dip, uh, but the targets and receptions remain the same. Uh, so his overall value, I think, in that offense is still uh, there. But right, like you said, it's it's unlikely that he's going to go ahead and get a 100-yard game. But uh, in a PPR format for a guy under 5K, you know, if you're looking for 10 points, I think he's probably uh, a safe bet to get you there. Um, a couple guys I want to ask you about because, you know, circumstances are changing. Uh, you know, if Miles Sanders isn't able to go, you have uh, Boston Scott at $4,800. Uh, Zach Moss is $4,400. Uh, and we obviously are hearing a lot of things out of camp that he could get goal line work. He's their pass catching back. They're unhappy with Singletary's fumbling problems. Uh, so he's someone that's jumping out. Uh, and then two guys at 4K. Uh, that I think we're looking at value. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I think, could be a chalk of the chalk here uh, with the height that he's been getting. Uh, and then Chris Thompson's also $4,000. Thompson, you know, that's an interesting one there because, again, you know, if if the Jags just play from behind and you just get a ton of checkdowns from Minshew, then, yeah, then, you know, Thompson all of a sudden can, uh, can be appropriate. Also, listen, if they get inside the uh, – Inside the red zone, I mean, he's been doing a lot of red zone work uh, over the past month, and Jay Gruden uh, likes him a lot. So, you know, Thompson's an intriguing one uh, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, well, it's first uh, Antonio Gibson. You know, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to utilize him. You know, is he going to be their pass catching back? What You know, what exactly is his role uh, going to you be listen to him atop the unofficial depth chart for whatever that matters. Well, see, and that's the thing, you know, how a guy is listed on the, on the depth chart doesn't really, you know, doesn't hold a whole lot of water for me. It's about usage. And, you know, it's like, it's like when somebody says, well, this guy's going to start the game. 
That doesn't mean that that guy's going to get the most carries or get the most work uh, or anything like that. Because, you know, J.D. McKissick is a pass catching back. He doesn't he doesn't do anything else. He's a pass catcher. Right. He's there. Peyton Barber's there. Bryce Love is there. You know, Gibson, let's let's not forget that that Antonio Gibson, while yes, he can line up in the, you know, in the slot and they can do some, you know, a little razzle dazzle with him. Um, you know, he what carried the ball 35 times in college? Something like, you know, insane. Yeah, it, it was not a lot in the end now. Right. So so now all of a sudden this is gonna be a guy who's gonna get, you know, 15 to 20 touches in at the NFL level. Um, I worry about that. And I also worry about the fact that. You know, the offensive line isn't really that good at all. Um, and they'll play from behind. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think I'd rather go Tariq Cohen uh, in a PPR format than go Antonio Gibson, because at least we've seen what Tariq Cohen does at this level. Antonio Gibson, it's a huge question mark for me. I won't put my money on it for DFS. Yeah, that's fair enough. And obviously, if Miles Sanders can't go, I assume Boston Scott against Washington is a is a must for you. I wouldn't say he's a must. Again, I hate these like little tiny scat backs. You know, I mean, it it, it, it might be you know something to look at. I'd probably, I'd even probably lean Zach Moss a little bit more than Boston Scott, only because, uh, you know, I think that the the Jets are just gonna have major issues. Although the Jets' run defense was really solid last year, it was like a top three run defense in the NFL last year. So uh, take that for what it's worth um, at that aspect. But I mean, see, that's the thing. Like none of these like $4,000 guys, none of them are really dazzling for me. None of them are really doing it for me. And even, you know, even if Boston Scott is the, uh, is the lead back, they're still going to mix in Corey Clement. So, I mean, how many touches really, uh, you know, is Boston Scott going to actually get? Yeah, that's fair. He brings up some PPR value. Uh, with his receiving skills uh, as well, which I think is sort of, uh, at least in DraftKings platform, uh, where the value out of him will come. Uh, let's move to wide receivers here, Howard. Um, we obviously know the top guys, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Avanti Adams. You know, those guys are the cream of the crop. They're going to have green matchups. Um, you know, are you willing to spend up for a top-tier receiver? I know in the past we've always kind of drooled about the value in that middle and value tier here at wide receiver because – We'd like to spend up at the running back position. Um, well, I mean, again, that's there's there's wonderful, wonderful value to be had um, at the uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, I looking at the uh, the wide receiver coach. Or are we still on the uh, are we still on my uh, are we still on my watch list? No, yeah, or, you can look at the, yeah, the wide receiver coach. Fine. I mean, we had uh, Colby Conway do the wide receiver coach. So. Uh, a lot of great plays there, and obviously you have your watch list kind of done in conjunction with that. Yeah, I have to update it. I mean, if we're talking high-end wide receivers, I mean, listen, I think Chris Godwin definitely comes into play, especially if you, if they run him out of the slot more often. He's up against P.J. Williams. I think that's great. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is always money in the bank, and yeah, the Bucks D got a little bit of a makeover, but, you know, I mean, it's still Michael Thomas. Um, I got to pull Kenny Galladay out of there because guess what? I'm not going to use him, especially if they're talking about him being limited. Uh, DJ Moore, he's uh, he's he's a little on the uh, on the price here. He's not like a Julio Jones pricey, but DJ Moore is uh, is one who intrigues me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would probably I I think I would look in that like mid six range as opposed to 
really spending up. I mean, Michael Thomas is 9,000. You know, Godwin isn't terrible at 7,100, but, you know, why aren't, why aren't I looking at Allen Robinson at 6,500, um, you know, or DJ Moore at 6,600 uh, and do it that way? I mean, Allen Robinson to me is uh, a guy that I think is in a really good spot here again. Uh, the fact that the Lions lost Darius Slay, uh, who is one of the premier covered corners in football, um, you know, I think it just opens up uh, the potential there. But now you're putting your faith in Trubisky, um, even though Robinson has proven to be a bit Trubisky proof, uh, you know, last year, still 98 catches, 1100 yards and seven scores. So I like Robinson a lot. And again, as we talked about before, you get this mid tier, you know, Hopkins is still 68 dealing. Uh, you mentioned DJ Moore. I, I'm not as bullish on him, but I think this is a good spot. Uh, Robinson is there. Um, Chark is a guy that I'm a big fan of. Again, if we're expecting Jacksonville to have to throw it and play from behind, there could be some blowout or you know backdoor fantasy production there uh, coming out of Chark. And, I, and again, a good potential matchup there uh, against the Colts. You know, somebody in that 6K range. I do like DJ Chark. Do 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 do. You know that. Yeah, I do know. I definitely know that you're a big DJ Chark fan. Um, <laughs> Looking at the uh, at the wide receiver coach uh, on the uh, on the website, uh, how about the value plays here? Um, Henry Ruggs, DK Metcalf, Julian Edelman. I mean, I so I obviously I've been a big Ruggs guy. I talked a lot about it on Twitter. I've drafted him in a lot of leagues. He, you know, is going to be the, the potentially be the number one receiver. Quote, unquote, obviously, I think Darren Waller is probably going to lead the team in targets, but he's coming out of the slot there. I think this is going to be a really strong spot for him. We saw how well Hunter Renfro played out of the slot to end last year. You know, him and Carr really had that connection. So if it's really just a slot receiver thing with Carr, you know, Ruggs in his 4-2-6 speed or whatever could really make uh, some big plays there. So I like Ruggs. I think uh, Hollywood Brown is an interesting uh, GBP guy here at mm-hmm. $5,100. Again, a guy that just has that boom uh, potential and obviously he went off first game last year and then he got hurt and things kind of winded down but you know he finished last year you know that loss against Tennessee seven catches 11 targets 126 yards kind of showing the potential boom that he has and Lamar Jackson says he wants to throw more um, so I think Hollywood Brown at 5100 is intriguing Anthony Miller's been sort of a, a seasonal uh, darling at, of late but again another guy that finished strong uh, you know, at times the end of last year and could see a lot of work uh, in that 5K range. You definitely see. I should probably just scroll through DraftKings right now and look for more 5K guys. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot. I, I like Steve Sims. He's at 4,700. Again, slot receiver there. And if we think that McLaurin's going to be sort of taken out by, by Slay moving to Philadelphia now, Sims could be a guy that gets targeted, um, you know, in that passing attack. And if Washington's going to be behind, um, you know, that there's some uh, potential, uh, you know, play for him as well. There definitely is. There definitely is. I'm trying to, why is this not letting me, what's up with DraftKings, dude? Oh, like they're... I said, they, they logged me out today in the middle of, of the, of the radio show. Uh, when me. I was on with you and Jim while we were talking about the showdown slate, clicked on a tab and all of a sudden it was lo- I was locked. I don't know why I was locked, but I had to go through this whole, uh, you know, process um, what do you think about Jalen Rieger if he's able to go? He's only forty three hundred dollars. I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm no? not going to do that. I'm not going to use an injured guy. Uh, I mean, this was a guy full, who he's a full participant. 
I get that he's a full participant. I'm still not going to do it. I'd rather go Deshaun Jackson uh, than than to go Jalen Rager. I'm not going to listen. Here's the thing: it's week one. It's wacky enough as it is. You get enough shit that goes on in week one that you're like, ah, man, you know, what's going on here? And and, and whatever. I'm not going to take that added risk with my money. Like, you know, if you want to say, you know, what are you going to start Jalen Rieger in seasonal? Well, okay, maybe I will, but I'm not going to put my money on it in a, you know, in, in a lineup. If there's a chance that, I mean, look what happened with Brandon Cooks. Look what happened with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks started the game, had five targets, had, you know, passes thrown, you know, one drop, another miss, another miss. He had two catches, and then he disappeared, and he completely vanished because he wasn't healthy. So what happens if Jalen Rager goes over the middle and he gets jacked up by a linebacker and a tackle, and it hurts his shoulder? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna be the the idiot Doug Peterson and and leave him in there and let him get hurt, or are you gonna take him out? Are you gonna kind of limit the way uh, the exposure is this year? I'm if a guy is banged up right now, and I'm talking Galladay, Evans. Deontay Johnson, Jalen Rager. Uh, I don't give a crap if these guys play or not. They will not be in my line. I'm not going to put my money on these guys. All right, fair enough. That, that That's perfectly okay. Uh, there are a couple other cheapy guys that I like, uh, but maybe we'll leave that for the potential playbook slash uh, dartboard. Uh, I'll, I'll throw some whispers in your ear uh, about some of those guys. Uh, let's move on to the tight end position. Uh, Andrew Cooper obviously does the tight end coach now, uh, put together a nice piece there, um, you know, kind of taking over. I think you, you kind of passed along the tight end whisper, but you still have your tight end knowledge here. So uh, who are some of the tight ends that you're finding yourself gravitating towards? I appreciate you saying that. I, I still got a little knowledge here, you man. Still got it. You still got it, man. Right. I'm not too old, not too bad. Um, I think it was a Toby Keith song. It's like, I'm not as good as I once was but I'm as good once as I ever was, I think was the lyric. Uh, I think that's, you know, you, you can, you can give us that one time right now. You're going to, you're going to quote Toby Keith to me. Really? Oh. Toby Keith. Oh, it's a, it's a popular song. It's a good line. Anywho. Um, I don't know fish Howard. I'm sorry. Well, see, you'd be a whole lot cooler if you did, John. Yeah, I'm sure. Fact. Um, you know, high end. How do you not love George Kittle against Arizona? Right, right. What did, did we just like go over starting tight ends against Arizona over and over and over again last year? Um, how delicious that was. I mean, George Kittle is just, I mean, he's the main guy there. Um, air quality aside, uh, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be completely fine. Uh, Mark Andrews is obviously another pricey guy if you want to, uh, want to spend up there. And Darren Waller, um, also, if you want to go, uh, a little cheaper than that. I actually like the fact that Zach Ertz is uh, is the is the least expensive out of all those tight top tight ends. Um, Hayden Hurst going up against Seattle. Uh, he's only forty three hundred on DraftKings. I dig that. Um, how the hell is Jack Doyle only thirty six hundred against the Jaguars? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty low uh, price tag for him. Uh, I agree with you. I think Doyle is is probably going to be a popular maybe like cash gameplay. Um, at that price point, um, in the in the draft uh, in the draft guide in the in the coach and, and obviously you know Coop's been pretty prevalent about this on Twitter. Every article he's written this year, he's been a big Jimmy Graham guy. Um, 
And he says, you know, again, to give away a little bit of, of the tight end coach, uh, he says if there's ever a week to get in Jimmy Graham, it's now. Um, he feels like he's, you know, they've come out and said that Graham is going to be the pass catching tight end in this offense. Cole Komet's going to be the blocking tight end in this offense. Um, you know, the, the matchup for him against Detroit is very favorable. Everything coming out of camp has been great about Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, do you have any interest in, in old man Graham here? Um, I do. I've said it also. Andrew and I are the only two that who have been uh, on him. And I've actually taken Jimmy Graham uh, in some tight end premium leagues just with like that last pick because everybody's down on him. You know, one of the things that, that Matt Nagy has been trying to get uh, in Chicago is that big pass catching tight end, particularly for the red zone. Um, you know, he tried it with uh, when we, they picked up Trey Burton from the Eagles. Um, they tried it there. Uh, you know, last year it was uh, where they drafted Adam Shaheen and they kept trying to make him something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just it's been a, a, a bad situation for tight ends over there. You know, Jimmy Graham in his heyday uh, was Matt Nagy's ideal. But even now, you know, when you look at it, you know, you've got Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are the two uh, main wide receivers. There's really not much else there as far as targets go. Um, so I think that, that Jimmy Graham is definitely a, a possibility, you know, GPP dart throw, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. I mean, for that price tag, uh, if you're just, get, you know, trying it out and you're hoping that you're going to get, uh, maybe like two or three catches, one touchdown and, you know, hope for 30 yards. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, what's your take on Hawkinson here in this matchup? Against Detroit, if Galladay ends up, you know, not playing, or if he does play but he's limited, uh, you know, in the two games against Chicago last season, uh, he had six targets and eleven targets. The game in which he had eleven targets, he had six catches, eleven targets, and like eighteen total yards. So uh, not exactly uh, the total yardage production you want, but uh, he claims he's one hundred percent healthy. This is, you know, uh, a first round pick, someone that has a lot of uh, upside talent and that people are high on in Detroit and it's not his rookie year anymore. So the rookie tight end theory can go out the window. Uh, any thoughts here on Hawkinson in the spot? I'm just not really a huge fan. I'm really not. I need to see, you know, the one thing that that lacks is consistent targets for him. You know, he'll get targeted in certain, certain games uh, and then he'll fall off the face of the earth and then he'll come back and he'll get targeted and then he'll get hurt and he'll be out for a little while. I, you know, I don't love him. I mean, Really, when was the last time you saw a productive tight end in Detroit? Uh, I think Brandon Pettigrew is the last name that I. I uh, yeah, like, it was Brandon like, Pettigrew. I have a I have a great story sidecar here. Uh, years, many years back, uh, did a, was co-manager with the team. Rob Trey he used to do wager long content for us. Uh, he wanted me to draft this guy named Jimmy Graham. Never heard of him. I was like, man, Brandon Pettigrew is right here. Why do we take a risk on just Jimmy Graham character? Obviously, that was a monumental mistake. Took Pettigrew. Still had like 700 and something yards that year, but uh, Graham was his breakout year in New Orleans, and that was uh, uh, never he never let me live that one down. So, uh, you know, needed the tight end whisperer back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Howard, let's wrap this up. We'll go to defense here. Uh, Dan Malin does our defense coach. That comes out on Friday. So as you're listening to this, the defensive coach uh, will already be posted for you. Um, top tier here, obviously Buffalo at home against your Jets. Um, nobody's like overly priced. Um, you know, are, are you paying up for defense uh, this week? You know, what's your general strategy when it comes to the D 
defensive position? I mean, it always depends. You know, you want a defense that's going to uh, create a lot of turnovers. And, you know, I, I just I think the Buffalo Jets game, you know, we talked about, you know, taking the under uh, when we did the point spreads on the on the uh, Annie Up podcast. You know, I just I, I don't see this necessarily being uh, a game that's going to be, you know, huge mistakes. And, and you know, Sam Darnold's going to throw a, a bunch of picks and there's going to be a ton of uh, fumbles in there. I, you know. I mean, I don't mind paying up for a defense if it's if it's something that I, I really like. But you know, no, I think I'll uh, I'll probably go a little bit more of a of a bargain, and I'll go for like the Colts who are going up against the Jaguars, and that that could be a turnover prone situation. How about the Chargers against Cincinnati? You can't tell me that Joe Burrow isn't going to throw a pick or two, uh, you know, in his debut. So you know, that, I kind of lean you know, a little bit, you know, in that direction there for, uh, for these guys. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I mean, spending, you know, Buffalo, I guess is, uh, is probably the most expensive. Do yep. I want to pay up for, for the 49ers going up against Arizona? Eh, do I, I mean, the Eagles against Washington, that, that, that could be, um, yeah, you know, I like but, Eagles Washington. I think the Ravens could be an interesting one. I think a lot of people may be like a little bit worried, you know, because the game total and obviously Cleveland, you know, there's always that Brown type for whatever reason to start a year. But you do have a very, very good Baltimore defense uh, at home. Uh, they're only $3,100 on DraftKings. So um, to me, that there's a little bit of an appeal there. And then uh, I kind of like going, if we're going min-min price here, I think the Dolphins actually could be interesting going into New England. (laughs) Um, You know, we've talked a lot about how the Patriots offense is relatively trash unless Cam Newton can do something that we're not aware of here. So uh, the Dolphins spent a lot of money this offseason to bring in guys and improve that defense. Uh, They finished a year strong uh, and they're min price. So if you're looking just to punt the defensive position, uh, this could be a spot to do it. There you go. There you go. Any final thoughts here, Howard, before we wrap up uh, this uh, you know inaugural 2020 Fantasy Alarm DFS podcast? No, no. I'll probably do a couple of more updates to the uh, to the watch list on Friday, uh, Saturday. You know, Saturday by one o'clock in the afternoon, the DFS playbook will be out uh, on Fantasy Alarm. Um, I might just do the dartboard that night. But the dartboard could get an, an update depending on uh, on people's travel plans or canceled travel plans, so to speak. Uh, and then I'll throw some example lineups uh, up on uh, on Sunday morning. That's what we got going on. And of course, you and Jen Piacente Sunday uh, was it eleven o'clock to twelve o'clock Eastern time. You do the uh, you know game day live live stream. Yep, we got that going on. Oh, and how about our uh, how about our pick'em game, John? That's true. We do have the fantasy line pick'em. Uh, you go over on site right now. Uh, you can join it. It's weekly prizes. You get first place gets. I think it's a two hundred dollar um, Visa gift card, right? So I mean, uh, definitely get into it. Season long weekly payouts, um, free to enter. So uh, gotta check it out and, and uh, come compete against FA Nation uh, in the uh, in the pick'em contest that we're running there. Uh, and of course, if you can, if you don't have uh, the NFL DFS Pro, uh, Playbook Pro content, NFL Pro package. Uh, 20% off code DOMINATE. Uh, you can get that done for you guys. But for Howard Bender, John and Pembry here, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>